Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friend Dr. McCracken at Denver Hair Surgery. Uh, this was my third hair transplant. My first two didn't take, and I have a huge scar in the back of my head to show for it. So I met with Dr. McCracken. He's like, with the new technology, with our staff, we can get this done the way you want it, the way you should have had it done the first time. And I got to tell you, I could not be happier. For starters, it was incredibly uncomfortable the first two times. When I did it with Dr. McCracken at Denver Hair Surgery, it wasn't uncomfortable at all. So much, in fact, I was taking videos and posting them on Twitter during the procedure. That's how painless it was. And post-op, not uncomfortable at all, unlike the other two. The technology that they use at Denver Hair Surgery is fantastic, and I cannot wait to see the results. I am tired of wearing a hat. I am tired of my hair falling out, and now I'm going to have new hair growing in. And by the way, mention you heard this ad and save 500 bucks. Again, go to denverhairsurgery.com, denverhairsurgery.com. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. I know it seems hard to believe, but there are still plenty of Drew Locke supporters out there. He didn't get a fair shake. He's much better than everybody thinks. Well, ESPN's Lewis Riddick, who does Monday Night Football, gives the most definitive reason why. Locke isn't an option in Denver anymore. The NFL is trying to live with outliers at the quarterback position, meaning guys who all of a sudden you think are going to be something that they have shown so far that they're not. And Drew Locke has shown that he is not a guy that right now can compete with Patrick Mahomes. He's not a guy that can compete with Justin Herbert. And we don't know how Derek Carr is going to look under Josh McDaniels at Las Vegas, but that is not how they want to go into this season and going forward at the quarterback position. And obviously, yeah, you're right. Quarterback coaches, head coaches, offensive coordinators are going to say all the right things because they don't know whether that guy's going to be on their team or whether or not they're going to use them as a trade piece for the next team in order to acquire someone. So he's going to say all the positive things. But this is a team that's set up to win. This is a team that has a strong offensive line, has a strong running game, has one of the better young tight ends in the NFL and Noah Fan, has Tim Patrick, a wide receiver, has Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, has a defense that can rush the passer, people that can pick the ball off. Simmons is one of the best safeties in the NFL. Patrick Sertan, one of the best young corners in the NFL. They have a lot of nice pieces now. You don't want to have it all go to waste because you're sitting there, you know, selling pipe dreams about a quarterback that you know can't get the job done when they know that they have to make a swing and a big swing at getting the big fish. And the big fish for this football team is that guy who we talk about who is going on 12-day cleanses. Listen, Mace, I'm not going to even ask you if you agree with what Riddick said because I know that you do. This is my statement to Drew Locke supporters. Going into his fourth 
year in the league, do you believe he can go head-to-head with Mahomes or Herbert or Carr? And if your answer is, I'm not sure, going into year four, shut up. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm not going to be kind of that that blunt about it, but well, come on, yeah. I mean, ser- seriously, Mace. I mean, maybe I shouldn't have said shut up. He's going into his fourth year. Yeah. Don't tell me he needs more time because he's in a contract year. Do you want to compete for the Super Bowl or don't you? Do you feel that strongly about Drew Locke that he's going to get you 10, 11 wins? Because if your answer is I'm not sure. Going into year four, then he's the wrong quarterback. Period. That's maybe a little bit more nice. Well, the the, the thing the, the thing is, if you look at quarterbacks historically speaking, who've been kind of in Drew Locke's range when you adjust the numbers for era, most of them turn out to be just fringe starters or long term backups. If he becomes anything resembling a franchise quarterback in year four, then he will have beaten the odds. And the question is, do you? Uh, what evidence is there that Drew Locke is an outlier? That he's going to be the one uh, that 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 bucks the, the historical trends? There, there isn't any indication of that right now. And, no. and, and, and if he is the only, look, if he is the primary option for the Broncos at quarterback this year, then that means they failed on a bunch of other possibilities. Listen, they swung under- and missed on others. I understand the argument. This will be his third offensive coordinator. They really didn't set him up to be successful. After his first year, they changed offensive coordinators. Pat Shermer didn't do many favors. I understand all of those arguments. At the same time, Teddy Bridgewater had the highest pass rating of his career for any year in which he started more than five games with Pat Shermer. And, well, that's a mic drop moment right there. Well, and 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 Case Keenum did his best under Pat Shermer in that same offense. Uh, so did Daniel Jones with with the Giants. So th- this is the thing. Like there, there are people out there with Drew Locke that make every excuse for him. The coaching excuse. Well, I just gave you three examples of of quarterbacks who are mid tier at best who had career highs in efficiency. Under Pat Shermer, there's the COVID, the COVID year. Well, Justin Herbert had the COVID year when he came to the Chargers, and he was a backup, and he got backup snaps in camp that year. He wasn't getting starters reps. Look what he did in 2020. Joe Burrow had the COVID year, plus he shredded his knee. Look where he got to. All of, so you still have quarterbacks that are young, that are learning new offenses, that are flourishing, and. But Drew, Locke, well, but Drew Locke has all this working against him, and that's why he hasn't succeeded. Well, you know what? You have other quarterbacks who are dealing with issues who have figured it out as young QBs. And at some point, the thing that just kind of rankles me is the that among probably about 30% of the fans, it's always everybody else's fault but Drew Locke's, right? You know what you call those people? Helicopter parents. Constantly yeah. trying to bail out your kids. Uh-huh. Constantly, constantly making excuses. Again, I'll repeat it. And you know what? If you want to give us a call, we rarely take calls on the show. 303-831-1340. 303-831-1340. Or you can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. Call us or tweet us. 
if you believe he is the answer to compete seriously for a Super Bowl, if you believe that, I would like to hear your reasoning because it's not as if he's only going into his second year. This is year four. This is year four. Give me some concrete reasons why you believe he absolutely should be the guy. No reason to go after Rodgers. No reason to go after Wilson. No reason to draft anybody. Because if you believe he should be the quarterback, then there's no reason to trade for a quarterback and no reason to draft one. Right? Yep. That's it. So with that, is there a scenario if the Broncos make a trade, free agency or the draft, is there a scenario where you can see Locke coming back or where he shouldn't come back? I can see him coming back easily. Okay. Yeah, like that he, That they try to get – they can't get Aaron Rodgers. They can't get Russell Wilson. Um, he's back, but with somebody like a, a Mitchell Trubisky or a Marcus Mariota. You see that? I, can I see agree. That. I, the, other, the other scenario is – uh, let's say you decide Malik Willis is the guy and you draft him. He's back as basically the guy who's starting in, while Willis incubates until he's ready. No, see, I don't see that as an option. If you trade for a quarterback, I can see Locke being your backup because he's already under contract. You're not paying him a ton. You bring in a guy in free agency, then he competes. I get that. I'd be on board for that. You draft someone, and you and I have talked about this before. If you have a guy in Drew Locke, and God bless him, he feels he should still be a starting quarterback in this league. I don't want that guy tutoring, for lack of a better phrase, a guy that he knows is going to take his job. There are two different mindsets. You still believe you're a starter in this league, and you kind of accept where you're at. I think Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, in some ways, I know they want to be starters, but have kind of have accepted where they're at. Jimmy Garoppolo has kind of accepted where he's at. I don't think Drew Locke is in that headspace. Well, no, he says he still deserves to be a starter. He said that right after the season finale. And well, and that and much- honestly that to me, that's kind of an entitled mentality because what has he done to show that he deserves to be one of thirty two starting quarterbacks in the NFL? I haven't seen I'm, ga- I'm gonna ask you a question and your answer will determine whether I believe Locke should be here with a guy taken in the first round. You ready? Yeah. Do you think Drew Locke will mentor a first-round draft pick like Teddy Bridgewater did with him? No. Then don't keep him. Then don't keep him. Then you forget about don't keep him. You can't keep him. Unless they're not concerned about the quarterback being a mentor. If they think that's going to actually come from the coaches, and then they're just concerned about a a cost-controlled bridge quarterback. Why Why was Teddy Bridgewater not having a big ego about trying to help Drew Locke? Because that's being a pro. That's being, I'm not saying that they need to have dinner together and do film sessions in the basement. And Locke would be helpful to a point, but I see him more like, if a first-round draft pick comes in, I see him more like Joe Flacco. Yeah, I do. I do, then, then you, but maybe then he learned something around. from Teddy Bridgewater uh, about that. It's po- that, and that is possible that he learned something from Bridgewater about how to be a met, how to, about how to be there for another quarterback. Okay, so with that, you want draw, you want Locke being here with a first round draft pick on the roster. I you didn't, I didn't idea? say that. I, I never said that. I did. I'm saying that's a possibility. 
Okay, do you? But I'm asking you, do you want that? Wouldn't be my first choice. So would it be a okay? Yes or no? Do you want Locke on the roster if there's a first round draft pick? I know it's not your first choice. Do you want it? Yes or no? Because uh, I say I'd, no. I prefer. I'd, no. I'd prefer not. I'd prefer to have a, uh, an older veteran in that role. I couldn't agree more. With that, coming up after the break, CBS Sports had an article titled "One Free Agent Each NFL Team Should Prioritize Signing in the Offseason." I kind of like who they have potentially not going to the Broncos, but I like their idea a lot. And I think the Broncos should be on board with it for sure. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to rmfp.com. You should want this lumber, not only because it is wholesale, but because it's some of the best lumber out there. And you have seen it, but maybe you don't realize you have. It's in Empower Field. It's in Coors Field. It's in the Stanley Hotel. High quality wholesale prices, whether you are doing a deck, a fence, any type of project that involves lumber, you absolutely have to go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products. You're not going to get a better product at a better deal anywhere in town. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. Okay, Mace, uh, interesting story coming from CBS Sports. Article titled, One Free Agent, Each NFL Team, should prioritize signing in the offseason. The article says the Broncos should target defensive end Chandler Jones from the Cardinals. This is what they write. The Broncos are projected to have the sixth most cap space in the NFL. With Von Miller gone, Denver could use could choose to throw money at a new star pass rusher to pair opposite of Bradley Chubb. And Jones is one of the best in the business. He's recorded at least 10 and a half sacks in seasons. He's played more than five games dating back to 2015. And he also wants Arizona. What do you think of that idea? Uh, if you could pull it off, I mean, he'd be expensive, but he'd make a lot of sense. Wrong. It would the, the, be a, oh. I mean, he's Go go, he's going into year eleven, but uh, he's still a top line pass rusher. Oh, he he's a borderline Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's already he's a, at one hundred and seven and a half sacks, uh, two time first team team All Pro, four Pro Bowls, including this past year. I mean, he is he and 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 the other thing is he of course only had one sack in twenty twenty when injuries li- limited him to five games. But if you go through the other seasons since 2015, when he has played at least 15 games in a season, these are his sack totals. 12 and a half, 11, 17, 13, 19, 10 and a half. This does not appear to be a player who's on the decline, even though he 
will turn 32 years old this weekend. Who would you rather have right now, Von Miller or Chandler Jones? Uh, I'd rather have Chandler Jones. So would I. So let's say the Broncos get Rodgers or Wilson. A, do you think they're going to have enough money to sign Jones? Or do you think he might take a discount to play with one of those quarterbacks oh, in order to win a Super Bowl? I think, or another Super Bowl, I should say. Yeah, I, I think he. I think he's at the point where not a huge discount, but I think he would take below market rate to play for a team that has legitimate Super Bowl aspirations. Absolutely, I think he would. So the Broncos, essentially what you're saying, and I agree if you're saying this, they have two cracks at him. Mm-hmm. You don't get Rodgers or Wilson, you'll have the money to spend on him. Yep. If they get Rodgers or Wilson, maybe he takes a discount. Mm-hmm. And according to the report, he wants out of Arizona. And heck, they have Kyler Murray. Yeah, and we've seen it. You got Ejiro Evero coming over from the Rams, and uh, we see what pass rushers look like in their scheme. And the possibility is there for Chandler Jones to continue to be a double-digit sack guy if he's in this defense. It shouldn't be... I, I don't anticipate it, it would be any kind of difficult transition for him. To me, like, I, I look at the possibilities out there, and there's one, and another name that occasionally comes up is... Hassan Reddick, who, of course, right now is with the Carolina Panthers. He was with the Cardinals. Right. Now, he's a guy who's just now coming into his own. His double-digit sack seasons are each of the last two years. He actually, in his first three seasons combined, working sometimes as an inside linebacker, sometimes as an edge, those first three seasons combined, he had seven and a half sacks. He's had 12 and a half and 11 sacks in the last two, in each of, of the last two years. With him, you're getting a player who's probably just coming into his prime, but that means Reddick might be a little more expensive than Chandler Jones right now. I'd take Chandler Jones. I would too. I would too. I'd, take two, yeah. I, I'd be fine with Reddick. I'd be happy with Reddick, but Jones yeah. would be my first choice here. Is defensive end, though, the greatest need in free agency? Uh, Eggs rusher, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Because in this scheme, it's, of course, technically outside linebacker, but it's a 4-3 end, 3-4 or three, four outside backer. Eggs rusher, it's a mess. And, and look, you traded Vaughn Miller. That it, it was a trade that benefited everybody. The Broncos got draft capital. They weren't going to go to the playoffs with Vaughn Miller. There are some out there who'd say that. I think that's nonsense. Uh, they, they weren't a playoff team with Vaughn Miller. They weren't a playoff team uh, without him. But what you have in that room right now is rotational type of guys. Malik Reed is a perfectly functional rotational guy who can spot start for you. Steven Weatherly, same kind of player. Jonathan Cooper appears to be a pretty good rotational guy. Bradley Chubb can start for you, but is not the alpha that you need. And if the best ability is availability, then he doesn't pass that test right now. You need an alpha there, whether it's coming from the draft or free agency. And those guys who are kind of the immediate plug-and-play alphas as edge rushers in the draft, Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson, they're not likely to fall to you at nine. Chandler Jones is there for the taking. With what I've read about Thibodeau, I'm not touching him. Yeah, but they're concerns about the consistency of the effort. Right. They're valid concerns. I I don't want that guy. Yeah. I don't care how talented he is. I, I don't want the guy who, you know, you know what? I, I, I know that I'm saying this in Denver and I get it. And Von Miller came out and said he did a different workout and that's why he played better in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You, you want a guy who plays great in the playoffs. I'm with you there. 
But at the end of the day, why did Vaughn play so much better in the playoffs than he did in the regular season? Turned does it that up. sound like a guy? Does that sound like a guy who's maybe taking some plays off? Well, don't forget Vaughn Miller in this past year. Don't forget that he was hurt, that he was dealing with the ankle injury when the when the Broncos traded him. He was still working through that yeah. an, that ankle injury when he got to Los Angeles. But he the the last five games of the season, he or the last four games of the season. Pardon me, he had five sacks. So he was already turning it up at the end of the regular season too. Right. Okay. In his defense. That's fair. All right. All right. Uh, coming up after the break, interesting story from the New York Post about Tom Brady. We know he's in the movie business. We know he's in the nutritional business. Is there another business that he might be going into having to do with football but not playing it? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, Go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Optimum Golf. Take your game to the next level this offseason at Denver's best indoor virtual facility in the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. Okay, per the New York Post, Fox and Amazon are planning to call Tom Brady to be their lead NFL color guy for their broadcast. If Brady took the Fox job, he would replace Troy Aikman, who recently left for ESPN's Monday Night Football. You and I talked about that, Mace, a couple of days ago, talking about Troy Aikman leaving. Just one guy's opinion here. I don't think it really moves the needle. Troy Aikman is a good analyst, but I don't think people are going to be tuning in to watch Monday Night Football because of Troy Aikman. Do you think people would tune in to watch Tom Brady? At first, absolutely. There'd be an initial bump. But people will only stay tuned if he's actually good at the job and is engaging. He'll get he'll get a lot of eyeballs right away, no doubt. I mean, I remember, I, I'm sure you remember, and I remember when Bill Walsh was immediate was re- just retired from the Niners and immediately became the number one color per, color man on NBC. And people, there was a curiosity factor at first, and then people realized he just can't really say what he needs to say, wants to say, and he's not very good at it. Right. So he has to be good. He's got to be good. And Joe Montana wasn't particularly good either. His uh, shelf life as a broadcaster lasted as long as buying a carton of milk. But the one thing that we have learned about Tom Brady is actually he has a good sense of humor. Yeah. He's got a nice personality. But we only learned this when he went to Tampa. Right. I I think he'll actually do fine and very well as a broadcaster. And like you mentioned, we saw that personality. People that did not like Tom Brady before – Ended up liking him after we got to know, see more of him. We got we got to see Tom Brady be a human being, right? 
We got to we, yeah. Mace. We got to watch him get wasted, I believe, on margaritas on a boat following the Super Bowl win, and then take that Super Bowl trophy and chuck it from his boat to another boat. Give me a quarterback that would do that. Manning wouldn't do that. No, that's not in his personality. Brady's a big kid, and the funny thing is, he's old. Is he older than Manning? Uh, no, he's younger. He he was born in seventy seven. Manning was born in seventy six. Okay, so they're basically the same age. Can you see Peyton Manning doing that? No, not at all. Neither could I. No, not I, not at all. I, 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 but it's not it's not just the celebratory moments. It's seeing him in press conferences and and how can and how candid he was. The thing that I I will never forget thinking that when when Tom Brady was a Patriot. And he would, you know how he would do those appearances on either like Monday night or Thursday night football on the radio broadcast with Jim Gray? Right. And you'd hear them, and I'm like, is this guy a cyborg? There's, yeah, he's a robot. Yeah. He's robotic. When he was with the Patriots. When he did those appearances as a buck, that was a different guy. It was like, it was like getting out of Foxborough and getting out of that culture. Fine, and and probably even kind of getting a little bit older, he finally felt free to kind of be himself. Rather than always thinking about staying on message, the Bucks with Bruce Arians, it was a little bit more loosey goosey. And, and Arians has always been the type that's just like, "Hey, say what you know. I trust you. Say whatever you want. Don't feel you know, just be yourself." And I feel like as we we found out who Tom, what Tom Brady's personality was, and it's like this is a likable guy that I would actually like to listen to for three hours every week. On a right. broadcast, you, you think he does it? Uh I think he, I, I think he'll actually do it. I think this might be what prevents him from coming back and playing this year. Because he, here's the thing, he wants to be big beyond football, beyond playing football. He want, like, he looks at what Michael Jordan became what Peyton Manning became and obviously the avenues are di- are slightly different but the fact that there are these iconic athletes who you can argue are at least as big if not bigger in retirement as personalities and presences in the cultural zeitgeist than they were as players and I think Tom wants that now being a broadcaster that is a on a national for a national broadcast, that is a huge first step in doing that. I I, I think I, I think it makes all the sense in the world for him to do this. I don't think he'll do, and I'll tell you why. Because we talked about it on yesterday's show. He has his own production company. He is starring in a movie that I think it's called Eighty for Brady or something like that. Brady for Eighty, whatever it's called, starring Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Sally Field. And Jane Curtin, I think if he wants to make it big, he'll do it as a producer. I think Jane Fonda, not it. Jane Curtin. J- oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, well, uh, li- wait, Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno, Sally. Rita Moreno. There we go. Okay. With that, I-, I think he makes a name for himself in Hollywood. I think. I think. I think he does that as well. But I think these are both paths that he can take at the same time. I don't think he, I don't think he has a John Madden like career in the broadcast booth, but I think he does it to kind of maintain that pre, to maintain that every that kind of everyday presence as the production company gets going. Give me a current or recently retired NFL player 
who could potentially be dynamite in the booth? Current or recently retired player. I mean, if Peyton Manning did a traditional broadcast, I think he'd be terrific. The guy that I'm thinking of, he'd be better than Manning. Okay, who? Gronkowski. He would be I, fun. I, what I would like to see be, is what, what his football X's and O's discussion would be. From what I've been told by people who know him, he's a really bright guy. Yeah. He comes off as being dumb, but I've been told he's a really bright guy. Really smart. And with his personality wanting to be goofy, mm-hmm. listen, John Madden was goofy. Is that fair to say? Well, and it he could, goofy. Yeah. And, and and then you have someone like Terry Bradshaw who kind of yeah. comes across as the country bumpkin. He's not dumb. He's not. He, exactly. He's not. But he knows what plays. He's and playing a role when he's played it brilliantly for nearly 40 years. Think about the commercial that Gronkowski does. And I can't even remember. It's with the armed forces or USA. Well, well, USAA. You, okay. He comes across, honestly, as a complete doofus. Mm-hmm. And he's willing to poke fun at himself. And he's willing to have fun. I don't see how you play tight end in the NFL for all these years and not understand the X's and O's. Well, I think it's not a matter of understanding the X's and O's. It's being able to kind of explain, to do, to convey it in an entertaining way. That's tough. If he can do that, he'll be a brilliant broadcaster, I think. I mean, he would be the next John Madden. He'd be the next guy who could be the next John Madden. Let, yeah. me, let me rephrase it that way. Yeah, because like, like, there's always buzz about Sean McVay, and Adam Schefter had a, uh, a, a reporter a tweet earlier this afternoon that said that McVay is pulling himself out of consideration for any broadcast gigs. Now, the thing for McVay is, can he take that massive X's and O's knowledge and relate it to right. the public? If he can right. do that, then it's possible that he could put together a Hall of Fame coaching resume before his 40th birthday, walk away, and then have a very long career as a broadcaster. Would not Who surprise did that? me. Who did that? Do you know of anybody that did that? Because uh, I know somebody who did that. A guy who just recently passed away but set the standard for broadcasting. John Madden. Ex- you got it. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? Well, we have seen Gronk uh, already show a little bit of his personality on the Fox pregame. So maybe he is uh, trending in that mm-hmm. direction once he's done playing, if he is done playing at this point. Coming up on Just In Case You Missed It, some coaching news from the NFL and NCAA, and also the Colorado Avalanche playing tonight. We'll be uh, checking in on that game from Greenfields. All that coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Level of concern, just need you to tell me Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us milehighsports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, Go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. 
The Final Word. Presented by Greenfields Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfields has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Just in case you missed it, the Indianapolis Colts are reportedly working to... uh, get a deal done with Reggie Wayne as they're very interested in bringing him in as wide receivers coach for the Colts who are some former Broncos you think would thrive as a position coach here in Denver well I mean it's notable because you think about uh, somebody really doesn't need to coach right made enough money did well Uh, you'd be coming back to for the love a lot of fans talk about Peyton Peyton Manning but he's got bigger things on his plate and just because you're a great player doesn't mean you're a great coach. So, I mean, honestly, that's a, that's a tough question. I don't really have an answer for that off the top of my head. What about you, Eric? I do because I'm going to be totally biased. And these are two friends of mine that would like to coach in the NFL. One is my longtime friend, Nick Ferguson, who was a coach with the 49ers for basically a cup of coffee for one year. Mm-hmm. And then my friend, Chad Brown, who I think would be an outstanding linebackers coach he's done the internship too many times to count same with nick and why they're these guys are not getting hired i have no idea why both are hard workers both are really smart guys and both really want to do it both really want to do it Mm -hmm. these two guys should be hired for sure just in case you missed it, the Winnipeg Jets at the Colorado Avalanche tonight at 7 o'clock p.m. I know I will be watching at Greenfields, and I'm sure you guys will check in on that game uh, in between the drinks you're serving up over there. In early January, the Avs won 7-1 to over the Jets, and Colorado just has five home losses, only three in regulation all season long. Who do you see scoring goals for the Avalanche tonight? I don't, Danny. I, I, I mean, I mean, maybe I, I don't know. I, I have not given any thought to who's going to score goals for the Avs tonight. I just think I, you know, it, it's it's and it's just you might as well just pull out a dartboard and throw a few darts and say, okay, okay, uh, Kadri's going to score. You know, I don't know. I'm sorry. Who who's not playing in the game for the Avs? McKinnon's not playing. Okay, so he's not going to score. Yeah. But but I think you said it best. I think anybody on this roster is capable of scoring. Yeah. I really do. And, and Winnipeg is not very good. Uh, you know, they have 53 points right now, and the Avs have 78. I mean, they're not even in the same league as teams. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if the Avalanche score five goals in this game. Yep. They, they have so many different weapons on so many different lines. Uh, that's a good point. I hope we see some fireworks from uh, Kale McCarr tonight. He always puts on a show, and I'm sure he'll be looking to do that in front of the home crowd here this evening. Just in case you missed it, a quick shout-out to Coach Michael Malone of the Denver Nuggets. Recorded his 300th career win last night against his old team, the Sacramento Kings. Speaking of the NBA... Just days after former Pelican J.J. Redick called Zion Williamson a detached teammate for not yet talking to the newest member of the New Orleans squad, C.J. McCollum, the guard that was traded from Portland told media members to leave the young fella alone as Williamson continues to rehab his foot injury. He says they'll talk on their own time when it is appropriate. 
Uh, is Zion beginning to creep towards Greg Odin territory? <laughs> wow. Wow. The, the difference between Odin and Zion Williamson is that Zion, at least last year, looked like a legit star in the NBA. Uh, he wasn't. He was an All Star last year. He did. He did average twenty seven points a game. We never even saw a glimpse of that from from Greg Oden before the injury struck. So we we know from from what we've seen of Zion Williamson, he's got that in him. But yeah, he might be headed toward that same territory in terms of a guy who just cannot get healthy enough to be that player that you build around. Yeah, I mean, when you look at big guys like Odin, a lot of big guys like Rick, Rick Smiths, Greg Odin, Sam Bowie, they all seem to have foot issues, right? Yeah. I don't I don't know what the deal is with Zion. I, I think they're very different types of players. Yeah, I mean, with with Greg Odin, I mean, he never, like, he literally played, he, he literally only started 66 games in his career. Um, Zion's already started more, more than that at this point. I mean, but yeah, the, the foot stuff is... It's very troubling. At least with Rick Smith, he he managed to play for a long time. But with Greg Oden, barely got out of the starting gate. Ditto Sam Bowie. And, of course, they were both uh, Portland Trailblazers. It's kind of the big... And even for Trailblazers, that foot injuries for big guys is the running thread of their history because you go back to the 70s, and that's what helped derail Bill Walton when he was a Blazer. And he right. did lead them to a championship. Right. Right. And currently for the Blazers, Yusuf Nurkic out at least four weeks with plantar fasciitis. So yeah. more uh, more stuff that down there in the lower body uh, and the feet for Portland. The trailblazer curse? Could be. Could be. Uh, just in case you missed it, coaching news from the NFL and the NCAA, former Bears head coach Matt Nagy is uh, back in Kansas City with his old pal Andy Reid as the quarterback coach and a senior assistant with the Chiefs. And then a guy we're familiar with here in Denver, Rich Scangarello, reaches a Mm three-year deal with the Kentucky Wildcats to serve as their offensive coordinator. Which move is more surprising, Nagy returning to Kansas City or Scangarello going to NCAA? I'd say a slight nod in terms of surprise to Scangarello going to Kentucky, but it's not a tremendous surprise because Liam Cohen, who was the Kentucky offensive coordinator, he went to the Los Angeles Rams and they're all, you know, they're all doing the Shanahan, Kubiak, McVay general offensive scheme concepts, etc. So Kentucky wanted to stay in that realm. They were looking actually at a former at a former protege of Rich Gangrello, Rob Calabrese, who was here in Denver uh, as an offensive assistant under Rich Gangrello, but ultimately they decided to bring Skangs in. No surprise that Matt Nagy is going to the Chiefs, though. Although, Eric, it's it's really interesting because they're bringing back Eric Bieniemy, but Nagy might be able to kind of limit the influence of Bieniemy on Patrick Mahomes, and we know Mahomes likes Matt Nagy. Eric Bieniemy has a one-year deal. And this is a guess. I don't have any information. Uh, it is my understanding with Bienemy, if if he wound up leaving, I don't think Andy Reid would be all that disappointed. I think he has a one-year deal to come back, find another job. I believe Matt uh, Matt Nagy will be the offensive coordinator next year in Kansas City. Yeah, you mean not, 2023, not, this, not 2022. 2023. Yep. He will be the offensive coordinator. 
I mean, they, they had to go back and forth on whether to bring this guy back. And everyone's saying he should be a head coach. Andy Reid obviously wasn't sure about bringing the enemy back as an offensive coordinator. So why would any team really want him as a head coach? Matt Nagy will be the offensive coordinator unless he gets a job someplace else in 2023. I would be stunned if he's not. By the way, I want to pass this along. I don't know how well you guys know Peter McNabb. I love Peter. I've known Peter for a long time. He's been battling cancer. Just saw this on Twitter that he received news from his doctor that his cancer is in remission. And that is fantastic news. Um, I don't know how well either of you guys know him. Peter McNabb is one of the greatest human beings, period. And that is not hyperbole. You talk to Peter, you love Peter. And, and, And if this cancer continued with him, it would be absolutely heartbreaking. He's one of the nicest guys you will ever meet. And he is such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to hockey. He's so generous with his time. He loves to talk the game. But... He's a wonderful man, and I'm so glad to hear that his cancer is in remission. I just got chills when I read this on Twitter because, honestly, <laughs> I've texted him back and forth a couple of times since he's had cancer, and I've just left him alone since yeah, I've just left him alone. And now when I get off the air, I'm going to text him. Yeah, so and I'm he's been him. working through it as well. I mean, you see him continuing yes. to, to call games, but this is – uh, this is tremendous news, and he's one of our one of my favorite guests to have on on the show because he's just a he's fountain awesome. of knowledge. Yeah. All right, that is going to do it for us. Um, if you were watching on MileHighSports.com today, you will notice I was not in the studio. I'm at Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar here in Lakewood. In one hour, Mace and I are going to be behind the bar, helping raise money for our friends David and Monette Hurlbut. They are battling breast cancer together, so we are raising money for them tonight 25 percent of all money raised tonight through the bar through the kitchen is going to go to david and monette uh, i have a picture sitting in front of me with a whole mess of 20s as people keep dropping in cash please come down andrew will be signing autographs i will be looking at him funny when he is signing those autographs if you're dying to meet danny and i don't know why you'd want to meet him He's going to be here as well. Nolan's going to be here as well. Alex is going to be here as well. All the guys that work on our show. Nate Lundy is going to be here. We're expecting Gil Whiteley, Danny Williams, and a whole host of other people. And, of course, David and Monet. With that, it's going to be a great night tonight. And you know what, Mace? This show was the appetizer. All right. Let's do it. Can't wait. You're a Moscow Mule's going to be waiting for you <laughs> at 645. All right. See ya. Down.